Hello, and welcome to Ruta Cosmic Wisdom. I'm Amy. And I'm Alexis. We chat about astrology, archetypes, and spirituality, exploring how these and more can be woven into the day-to-day energy of life. So we'd like to invite you to settle into your body and join us. Hello, and welcome to Cosmic Ruta Cosmic Wisdom, and happy Astrological New Year. How are you, Alexis? I am good. I'm, yeah, really feeling (laughs) today's conversation around Aries season. There's so much happening. And so, yeah, just excited to dive into the pieces. Absolutely. So today is the 16th of February. When we're recording this, we are coming up on the juice up. Oh, it's March. So yeah, we're coming up on a, it's the 16th of March. (laughs) We're coming up on a juiced up Virgo moon. I'm just like Pisces season is almost over and it's all the same and we're all plugged into everything. So therefore it doesn't matter if it's March or February or November because all times are happening right now in this moment. Um, But it is March 16th, 2022. (laughs) Just bringing that back in here. And we are about to embark on the astrological new year, which starts with the spring equinox here in the Northern hemisphere and the autumnal equinox um, down in the Southern hemisphere after a big, juicy, dark God, dark goddess infused Virgo moon, um, which happens on Friday. Yeah. Yeah, so we'll just touch into the few days leading up to the equinox and Aries season. So, yes, we have that full moon in Virgo. It's still March. (laughs) It happens on March 17th or 18th, depending on where you are. And it is aspecting Pluto, Kali, and Black Moon Lilith. So that's that dark god, dark goddess energy that Amy talked about. And we go into detail on our Patreon. So if you're interested, we do a card reading and a whole podcast on this full moon. We go into Lilith because it is, it is quite the full moon. Um, So we have that, but just to kind of touch on the energies, it can be very, um, it can feel a bit overwhelming because it's almost like pulling back all of the curtains, (laughs) all the veils, hiding the truth. Right. And so I also feel like to bring in what's also going to be happening in April, which I think is important to just know, and we'll get there because this will happen in Aries season. So we'll get there later, but is the Jupiter Neptune conjunction, which is a really big aspect of 2022. And it's this idea of expansion. So Jupiter is expansion and Neptune is consciousness. It's expanding our consciousness. And in order to do that, in order to expand, see what's possible, all of this, the whole year really, and really for much longer, but (laughs) definitely the focus of, you know, the first quarter of this year has been removing all of the pieces around what is preventing us from expanding, from believing what is possible from, you know, we have these ideas, we have these dreams. Well, why don't we have it? If, you know, if we were really in that fully embodied, fully open, full abundant place, we would have the things that we desire. Maybe not exactly the way we dream up, but we would have the feeling of those things. 
And so as I feel into this full moon that we have on March 18th, it's really stripping away. Like Kali is this energy of just stripping away everything that doesn't serve. Um, I was reading Awakening Shakti by Sally Kempton, and she has some really beautiful words around Kali. Um, and if you're interested, like I totally recommend, especially that section on Kali. She does a really beautiful job with Kali, who I feel like isn't, there's not too much, you know, written about her, but she talks about how she's this fierce love, but she's really about just, she will rock you to your core. I think she, I think she uses the word like, will melt you to your bones. <laughs> like that's the energy of Kali. So if you just feel into this, this full moon, it's this big energy, right? So just knowing that, knowing that we're in some big energy and collectively we're in a lot as well. So the piece with Virgo, I think, is to just kind of stay grounded, take care of yourself, because I think there can be so much that feels really big. So it's like just one step at a time. Like, what can you do to support yourself, nurture yourself as we move through that really big energy? Because that happens right at the end of Pisces season, right? We're talking about moving into Aries season and Pisces season is the end of the astrological new year that you mentioned. And there's a huge letting go, a huge release, this big detox kind of energy. Mm -hmm. So yeah, just felt to mention that full moon because it's such a big one before we dive into Aries season. Um, anything on that? Because there's one more I just, I, I just love the idea of like, Kali will melt you to your bones. And really, how are you getting in your own way? Like that feels like a big, huge question to bring into this moon and to ask to be illuminated. The moon was so bright here last night that the tree that is in my backyard was like casting a full shadow. Like she was just brilliant. And the moon bathing has been spectacular. Um, so where do you block your dreams? Because the only person in your way is you. And, and Kali coming in with that sword, because um, Kali is conjunct the sun. And yes, go sign up for a Patreon, because we like really dive into this and go into it. And, you know, it's us. You want to hang out with us more, right? <laughs> yeah. And the next piece, just before we get into Aries season, because I promise we'll get there, is the day after the full moon, so this is really happening in conjunction with the full moon as well, is Venus square Uranus. And Venus is an Aquarius, which is a Saturn ruled sign, which can be a little constricting, especially to Venus, who is about love and abundance and that sensual energy she's in. It's almost like she's like, staying at dad's house and dad has all these rules and dad is like, right. Like kind of imparting these things on, onto the energy of Venus and what that can do, especially as it's squaring Uranus. I mean, first of all, it can bring up a lot. It can bring up just like anything collectively. It can bring up anything for yourself. So with the Uranus always expect the unexpected. So who knows around the full moon, anything is possible. But particularly around this energy of Venus in Aquarius, which we've had for a bit, right? So this whole period while she's in Aquarius, about a month or so, is all of the 
ideas around money, around relationships, around our self-worth can feel a bit constrictive because she's in that Saturn ruled sign. So we may have, you know, old beliefs around money coming up that aren't actually ours, that are maybe from our families or from, right, the collective. These beliefs around relationships, what what a relationship is, what, what, you know, like <laughs> there's so much around that of like why, why we need a relationship or why we think we're needing a relationship and also our self-worth. And so all of those pieces can come in around the whole time that Venus is in Aquarius, but particularly, you know, highlighting this is happening around the full moon, which has got all that Pluto, Kali, Lilith energy, and then it's squaring Uranus. So really expect the unexpected, but also I think the beauty of Venus in Aquarius is we have the chance to look at things from a new perspective. We have the chance to change our beliefs around finances, around relationships, and to really take a radically new look at things. So, and that's Uranus too. Uranus is the rebel. He brings in this radically new way of seeing things. So I think really just being open and curious, and we always say this, but you know, you will know what's coming up. You will know <laughs> what are the themes coming up in your life around this full moon. And then really just holding that space because this happens the next day the Venus square Uranus piece of where can you expand? Where, you know, where are the things that are feeling constrictive and where are the things that are bringing you anxiety that are bringing you stress? Cause that's clue, right? That's a big clue. And how can you change your perspective on it? So that all is leading us. That's the very end of Pisces season. It does feel like a big, just like big detox at the very end of Pisces season before we get the sun moving into Aries, which happens on March 20th. So. Excellent. I love this visual of Venus being at home in dad's house and, and dad enforcing his rules, his beliefs, his way of being in the world, which is going to shrink her down. Um, so yeah, daddy putting restrictions or fears on Venus is, yeah, I'm watching it happen <laughs> around me um, in the 3D and, you know, otherwise. So I think that is, that's great imaging and you may see it coming up in your own life that there is some authority figure that has some level of daddy energy or just authority that is like, here's how it's going to be. Because I want you to live in my skin. I want you to live in my energy. I want you to live in my world. And keeping in mind one of my favorite ways to think about a square. So this is Venus square Uranus is that when we sit in a chair with our knees bent at a 90 degree angle and our feet on the floor, which I almost never do. But for those of you that do this and sit this way properly, um, that is a square. Our feet and our knees and our hips create a square. They create a 90 degree angle. And when the two energies at either end, the feet and the hips work together, we can stand up and overcome. So a square for me consistently feels like, how do you, you bring those two energies together to work with them, to overcome whatever opportunity I prefer opportunity to obstacle. Um, I know other people prefer obstacles, but I'm feeling chipper today. Uh, 
whatever opportunity is ahead of you, this is, this is how you overcome it. You, you stand up, you use the two energies that can feel like they're in conflict to help you rise above. Yeah. And that, you know, those feelings of constriction, those ideas that aren't yours, it's just a perfect opportunity for you to realize that and to, mm-hmm. and cause it is really challenging when we are surrounded by a collective or families or people around us who have beliefs, they will, as soon as you try to break out of the box because they love you, because they're trying to keep you safe and they're doing their best, they are going to come with all of these, you know, pieces on, no, that's not okay. Don't do that. That's not safe but it's a perfect opportunity for you to really get real with yourself and for you to really like, where is that coming from? And can I break out into my own version, my own way of seeing things? So yeah, that's a really potent energy as we move into Aries season. So just feeling all of that, feeling the full moon with Pluto, Kali and Lilith, feeling Venus and Uranus. And then we get the equinox. So March 20th, the sun enters Aries. We get the equinox again, spring or fall, depending on where you are. And it's that equal day and night, this balance point. It's a transition point. So it does really feel like this breath of fresh air, but knowing too that Aries season, there's this spark, there's this newness, there's this really beautiful energy to Aries. But if you haven't been releasing and, you know, doing all the things leading up to it, a shadow of Aries is burnout. There can be that just like, just trying to just go, 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 rather than if you've been kind of taking time for yourself and resting, then you get to utilize this new spark. Then you get to utilize this creative energy that Aries is. So I think that's a, a piece to remember too of, it is this fresh start. It feels like a, you know, that balance point, that transition day is the equinox, but really taking care of yourself leading up to that mm-hmm. <laughs> and through that. Yeah. Uh, we're, we're in this last piece of the astrological new year, which is this dissolution into Pisces, this ability to dissolve and release and let go. And kind of, well, Pisces is this duality of this fish and in its shadow is separation. It's, it's light is the mystical truth that we are all one and the same. And for us to really live that we have to be willing to like, let go and release. And that leads us into the, the rebirth and the spring that is, is Aries season. And, and whether, regardless of where you are in the world, it is this rebirthing time, um, because it marks the start of, of a, of a year of, of an opportunity for us to be rebirthed into how we want things to feel for us, how we, we, we want to find that balance, because of course the opposition to Aries is, is the seeking balance seeking of Libra and a healthy Aries can manage it. So they don't burn out. We can manage the go do act Aries igniter cardinal fire energy with like, it's time for me to take a nap right now. 
time for me to go outside and lay in the hammock and just look at the leaves. Um, like that ability to recognize that rest is just as important and fuels us just as strongly and to be able to follow a cycle of that because we're we're starting this cycle which allows us to step into closer union with our own cycles yes for sure and then the next day march 21st we have mercury conjunct jupiter in pisces so i feel like we'll get some aspects because mercury will move over Jupiter and Neptune, and we'll get some pieces, um, some clues as we lead up to that Jupiter-Neptune conjunction, which happens on April 12th. So on March 21st, right after the equinox, Mercury is conjunct Jupiter. And I always like to say Mercury, he's a translator. It's like he's holding the megaphone up to, you know, whatever he's aspecting. And because they're together, it's like they have a message. They have a message of expansion of you know how to because Jupiter is a benevolent energy has this feeling of abundance but I've also found a lot of people who are going through Jupiter transits or you know when there's a lot of Jupiter energy he pushes the edges so it can be actually really uncomfortable and a bit overwhelming because he's going to really push the edges of what you believe is possible he's not a safe like cozy energy he's abundance and it's magnificent, but I've found for a lot of people when they're going through Jupiter transits, it's really overwhelming and can be very, um, yeah, just a little, <laughs> can feel like a lot. So I think that's a piece to bring in with Mercury and Jupiter is knowing that and knowing whatever message, even if it feels a bit overwhelming or it feels like, oh my gosh, knowing that it's pushing the edges because there is more. So that day feels really um, expansive if we're going <laughs> to go with that Jupiter energy. Um, and keeping in mind that with the Venus Uranus square two days before, we're still going to be in that energy and leaning into Venus's ability to receive and being able to see perhaps where you have been restricted in your ideas of the abundance that you're able to receive of the knowing of the information of the messages that you're able to receive. Like we're still going to be in the energetic. Um, I don't want to say riptide. That doesn't feel right. Um, the energetic turbulence. Is that, a, is that a better word? Is that happier? Energetic turbulence. It depends. Of, of the Venus Uranus square. And, you know, are you restricting your ability to receive because of someone else's beliefs? You know, Venus is at daddy's house and daddy is maybe saying, well, you know, I think about growing up in the household I grew up in. The world isn't fair. You know, okay. And, you know, as a Pluto in Libra generational baby, isn't our isn't it our fucking jobs to make the world fair? <laughs> like, isn't that what we're here, here to do? And that, that is, that is a belief from somebody else, you know, staying at daddy's house. Venus is having this, you know, idea imposed that harmony and fairness and the ability to receive those things 
is restricted. So keeping in mind that all of this is happening in, you know, like three days, short time, hanging out in the turbulence. Yeah. Yeah. And then Mars will do the same thing that Venus just did because Mars is right behind Venus. Mars will square Uranus on March 22nd. And so I feel like it brings this ignition, this fire collectively. I think it'll be really interesting around that time because yeah, to say the least. <clears throat> um, was, Mars, that was good. There was, could you say what you're really thinking? <laughs> I watched the filters go on. Yeah, right. To be determined because Mars brings this very, he just ignites things. He just totally lights things up. And Uranus brings that rebel energy. So you just don't, when, I mean, that, that aspect, you just don't know. You just don't know what's going to happen. But I have a feeling it's going to be fiery. It's in airy season. And then for you personally to feel into, you know, what were the themes coming up as Venus squared Uranus? What were those themes of, you know, beliefs and all of those things? And now Mars is going to bring in an ignition to that point. It's going to kind of bring more fire to that. And so being aware of that can be helpful of like, you know, that idea of like, oh, this again, well, it's still there. Cause again, it's only happening within a few days and really Venus and Mars are so close that it's actually kind of all happening at once. So it really feels if we're really looking at it, it really feels like both Venus and Mars kind of bringing up these themes as they both square Uranus um yeah keeping in mind that fire is a transformative element it and and we're taught from a young age to fear it um which brings me back to kind of the survival stuff it's almost the theme i'm seeing is this how do we survive how do we survive how do we survive and, and we've forgotten there's a thriving thing. Like we can move beyond surviving because the one thing we're not going to do here is survive. <laughs> um, so how about we try thriving? Like, let's try that on for size, see how it works. And, and moving with the transformation that is possible when we allow what isn't serving us to be burned away, like offering that up. To, to the fieriness of Mars, offering that up to the fieriness of Aries season, the sun, you know, our big fiery ball of willpower moving through this cardinal fire sign, this ignition point um, and calling on what needs to be transformed here. How, how, do, I, how do I access this so that what is burning away is, is leaving me with this seed that is mine. Mine, Aries word, mine. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And that transformational energy of fire, I think is something just to carry through, through Aries mm -hmm. season, right? And as these different things are ignited, like remembering that, remembering that we get to see these pieces of ourselves, we get to, you know, move through all these different pieces so that we can really get down to that essence. Um, 
And then we have on March 23rd, Mercury conjunct Neptune. So I talked about just before that we had Mercury conjunct Jupiter, bringing the megaphone there. Then on the 23rd, we have Mercury conjunct Neptune. So they're close because they're getting closer. You can feel right, Jupiter and Neptune edging closer. And so Mercury is just passing over both of these. And that day as well, Mercury also aspects the North Node. So we have this Jupiter North Node energy. And I feel like it's really a reminder. It's really a reminder for us to, you know, tune into yourself, like whether it's in that meditative space, whether it's in just taking a few deep breaths, whatever it is of just like rem remembering that, first of all, like there's that connection to yourself that is always there, despite all the turbulence and all the stuff going on around you. And yeah, and it feels like that piece, there's another piece that day with this Mercury Neptune piece of really this idea of what is possible you know neptune is kind of like this infinite energy he's this collective consciousness energy and so much more is possible than what we can physically see that that's why i say you know too if you if you're in the space of meditation or these different places are helpful because you're not you may not see or get the message when you're just you know doing the daily tasks of life so having that remembering that day march 23rd that you know tuning into yourself just tuning into the messages that are you know kind of waiting there for you because there definitely will be some messages with mercury and neptune mm -hmm. yeah there there is such possibility here with the dreaming big neptune i am the god of the sea energy and how much is unknown that we can that we can really lean into and that north node piece that that flag there feels like there's also like leaning into what could be unknown messages regarding how, the direction we could go that keeping in mind that the north node is an invitation come this way like, hey, we're over here. <laughs> and that there is a really bringing it in. So Neptune, you know, Neptune can be very ooh, out here, all the things very diffuse. And with the North Node in Taurus, there's a really grounded, earthy, um, boots on the ground, as we like to say, aspect to that of see like grounding in these messages yeah. and trusting. Yeah. Yeah. And really being present, being with what's coming up, like all of the messages in your body, all of the things, because Neptune can also be um, escapism and that idea of numbing out and addiction and so sometimes when things are overwhelming, we want to just escape, which I get, right? We want to just like watch some Netflix, just kind of like zone out. And that's okay in small doses. But I think particularly around this day, whatever is coming up, it's almost an invitation to just go deeper and to not numb out and to not, you know, ignore and kind of have a veil over things and just be like, oh, everything's fine. Because whatever is there for you. Um, there's a real beauty to that. 
And especially around that time, especially as we're leading up to this Jupiter Neptune conjunction, I have a feeling <laughs> that all of these themes are like building on each other and that will be. And so the more space you can give it, uh, the better. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. Yeah. Don't get sucked down into Neptune's delusions. Yeah. And just like there's finding the balance of sleep too, right? Because I know people that use sleep as an escape or that avoid sleep. Like they, they just know that there, there is, there's too much working out. There is just a lot of awareness, I guess, is the invitation. Having a lot of awareness around what you could be doing to zone out. Mm -hmm. And if you're going to zone out, that's fine. Set yourself a little timer and, and give yourself 10 minutes to zone out. Give yourself 15 minutes to zone out and then come back to it. Because the consistent moving away um, isn't getting you where you want to go. Yeah, and also that sleep piece. Um... I think it, you know, can have a lot to do with Pisces season. So we might mm -hmm. find a switch, but also, um, you know, with this big Neptune Jupiter energy, I have found that we're, we're doing a lot in our sleep. Like we're processing yeah. a lot in our sleep. And so you may be needing a little extra sleep, which is fine. Mm -hmm. So just knowing where you kind of fall on, am I needing this sleep and I'm feeling refreshed and I'm needing just that little extra time or yeah. Am I kind of just like, yeah, as a, as a, you know, escape hatch. Yeah. Which I feel like it's kind of hard to do as an adult, but still <laughs> it happens. It happens. It really happens. Um, so yeah, so we have Mercury kind of doing his dance with Jupiter and Neptune. And then on March 27th, Mercury leaves Pisces and he enters Aries. So we get more of that Aries energy as we're in Aries season. So that is a big shift for Mercury. And so that's, we're kind of coming up on the end of the month. We get a little bit more Aries energy with Mercury there. And then on March 30th, we have Venus square, the North node. So again, we talked about Venus. She's still in Aquarius for a few more days. Um, and she's squaring the North node, which we talked about that Taurus North node embodiment piece. So it feels like there's a lot of themes around, um, you know, any Venus themes around our bodies, around, again, money, relationships, that there can be some challenges coming up. And that North Node piece of like, is this really helping you get to where you want to go? Is this belief, is this relationship, is this mindset really helping and really, you know, on the same trajectory of where you want to go? And yeah, and really getting real with that really like, kind of, again, it all does feel like it's pouring into this Jupiter Neptune piece of like what is possible. And so this just feels like a, a piece um, to add in there with Venus in the North node. And keeping in mind that Venus, uh, Venus can be the root of our self-esteem. Are, are we worthy to, to have our own beliefs? Are we worthy to, to stand up for ourselves? Are we worthy to have boundaries? Um, there's so much self-worth tied up with Venus. Are we worthy, worthy to receive financially, to have the job we want? Are we worthy to dream? 
big. Remember, we did the whole like on February 5th, right? Dream big in your calendar because we're entering like dreaming time. Do you feel worthy to go after what you want? Because that is a self-worth piece is to, to go after your dreams. You need to have a sense of esteem that you're worthy of achieving that. Yeah, and that you deserve that and that you would really love that because we can also talk ourselves out of our dreams because things are, you know, like, oh, well, things are good just as they are. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that's true. And things can stay just as they are, but we are meant to grow, right? We are meant to grow. And so we can talk ourselves out of it, but we also won't feel fulfilled. We also won't really um, be fully, you know, content because we want to grow. We do. That's just part of this journey, part of, you know, signing up for earth school, we're going to grow, right? So if we're not growing, it feels a little stuck and stagnant. And so there's nothing wrong with, I think gratitude is like one of the most beautiful ways to move into this dream space. Because when you have gratitude and you fully know that you're okay and that you are truly, you know, in this place of gratitude, the doors start to open, but you also can hold what you truly want and desire. Because if it's something that you would love, something that lights you up and brings you expansion, that's going to help you grow. And that it's okay. Because we have all of these, you know, um, thoughts around like guilt and like, I don't need these things or this relationship or whatever it is. We can talk ourselves out of so much. And so I think it's important to also hold like, no, I do. I would really love this. And just, and that's enough. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Back to owning it and asking where, where am I getting in my own way? Where am I standing in the way of my dreams? And so often it's just, it's just head stories running around telling us we can't have what we want. And, and it's because we oftentimes lack the self-esteem and the self-worth to go after it, to commit, be like, that's the thing I want. And I am worthy of that thing. Yeah. Cause so much along the way is going to try to derail us. It's just mm-hmm. part of the part of the game. Just part of the game. So yeah, really holding it and really making sure that it is something that you love and knowing that it can change because mm-hmm. we change and evolve. So our dream is going to change and evolve with us, but that's the beauty of it gets to be even better than what we can envision. We can only envision so much, but it really gets to be more than that. And that I think is a big theme, like, you know, coming back to this Jupiter Neptune piece, which I feel like, you know, we've touched on a lot. This is kind of what we're in. This is really it. And we'll still move through pieces of this throughout the rest of the year, but it's really a big peak that we're getting to. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so then we have, depending on where you are, March 31st or April 1st, we have a new moon in Aries, which also starts to slowly open the door to eclipse season. We won't enter eclipse season until the end of April, but we start to just touch into a little bit of that energy, which we won't get into now, but eclipse energy is just kind of potent. <laughs> Ooh, so we get start, ready. Yeah, we start to slowly open the door to that. 
which can be helpful knowing that we're just, right, we're just moving through these transition points, these big, you know, change points. So that's a new moon in Aries, and it's also conjunct Mercury and Chiron. So that is a piece to remember as well, that Mercury is holding the megaphone up to Chiron, who is the wounded healer, who is the medicine man. And those things, those kind of core wounds that we carry and we just move through with different layers of them kind of comes up. But the beauty of Chiron is he also brings medicine. So depending on your perspective of it, there can be really big medicine coming with this new moon in Aries. So those two energies, Mercury and Chiron are really big for that new moon, particularly as we just start to like crack the door open to this really big change energy. As we start to move closer to Jupiter and Neptune, you can feel like it's like peeling back the layers, like an onion, just kind of peeling back. Okay, what's what do I need to see next? And this new moon comes with a lot of that. And new moons are internal times. It's a dark moon. It's kind of that internal space. So giving yourself plenty of space to be with whatever is coming up for you, knowing that that energy is there with Mercury and Chiron. Mm -hmm. And Chiron is most well-known as the wounded healer. He was also a teacher and a mentor, and he carries this maverick energy, this energy of like, I am going my own way, which is, can feel like an invitation to us to really feel into, you know, our healing all has an individual road. We can't all walk the same road. We, we get to take our own routes. We get to take the time we need. We get to explore the things we want to explore. So it's this invitation to recognize maybe your inner maverick, to communicate with your inner maverick. Maybe your inner maverick needs a couple weeks on a beach. Um, maybe your inner maverick needs to go to Antarctica and, you know, donate time drilling ice cores or something you know, let's just go to extremes here because that's how I roll. <laughs> um, but really feeling into being able to listen to the messages around what healing do you need and, and knowing that you are an individual, you're, you're your own maverick. And maybe the maverick is, you know, getting out of daddy's house. Who knows? <laughs> like, calling on Venus again, um, to just really feel into it that, you know, how, what, where are you not taking your path, your path that nobody else can walk, but you, because we're all here for something really specific and really special and nobody else can be you and nobody else can do your job here. And, and that is, that's a very maverick thing is, is no one can fill your shoes. Only you can. Yeah. And the beauty of Chiron as that teacher energy is he only brings like the very next piece. He's not going to give you the whole lesson plan. He literally is like, and here's the next piece. <laughs> Work with that. See how you do with that. And then come back to me. Yep. Get back right? to me once you turn in your assignment. <laughs> I will grade you and then I'll give you the next piece. 
Yeah. So it's like, it's also just that. So asking like, what is just the very next piece that I can see work with and kind of master and become a master of before I get to move on to the next stage. Right. And there's so that's no syllabus. There's no syllabus. And it goes back to what Alexis was saying earlier around the, like, you don't, we're just going to do this a piece at a time and being really present with those pieces. And I think there was more that was in my head to say about that and it fluttered off. It'll come back. Yeah, totally. (laughs) It'll it'll come back. Yeah. Not worried. Yes. And so... We also have on April 2nd, Mercury conjunct the sun. So this is Mercury at the midpoint of his phase. It's kind of this full moon phase if we're gonna you know, compare it to the moon for Mercury. And he gets that time when he's in the heart of the sun um, where there's a little bit of clarity. So knowing that the few days around this, things aren't gonna be very clear. It's gonna be more just like picking up the pieces, moving through, but there will be, around um, April 2nd, some clarity, some message, some peace that drops in um, that is helpful. So that happens on April 2nd. Got a little, love a little Mercury Kazemi and keeping in mind that the, the turbulence around it, like to just really be patient with that. Yeah. Do we have exact times for Mercury Kazemi? I don't. Okay. All right. I just figured I'd ask. Maybe I'll, I'll see if I can find it and drop it in the show notes. Yeah. Usually it's a period of a few hours. Um, so we have that April 2nd and then April 4th, we have Mars conjunct Saturn. So this is kind of a, um, interesting, just energy of Mars sparking the energy of Saturn, like igniting the energy of Saturn. Now Saturn is home. So Mars is definitely bringing ignition. Saturn feels like the one who kind of has center stage and Mars is just like lighting it up for him. Um, And I think it's interesting because we haven't heard too, too much from Saturn recently. There's been a lot of other players that have been really big, um, but Saturn's still there. He's in Aquarius. He's been there um, for a bit and he's, he's the workhorse. He's really helping you know, take a look at where Aquarius is in your chart as a reminder, because um, Saturn is is there for about three years. He's probably only has maybe a little less than a year left there. Um, but it's this kind of reminder of Saturn. Like, he's like, I'm still here. I'm still doing the work. And we're kind of in this last phase of this area um, of your life for you. So, like, we're just going to keep going. We're just going to keep working at it. So I find it really interesting to look at what house Aquarius is for you and just kind of, you know, reflecting on the past few years, but Mars is bringing a spark, kind of bringing this ignition to like, oh yeah, that's right. We're still working on this thing. We're still, you know, kind of at the end phase now, but we're still working on this thing. And I think that can be really helpful because, you know, again, Saturn can bring this like just kind of harsh, constrictive energy, but really it's like, you got to do the work. If you want things to happen, you got to do the work. And so there is this energy of like things we have been doing the work, right? It's been a couple years of this. And so now it's like, okay, we get to um, just see kind of where we're at, kind of have this last 
piece. And then collectively, I don't even know what to say about that because <laughs> it's just Saturn. The last, mm-hmm. the last time Saturn and Mars had an aspect was January 6th, 2021. I'm just going to leave it at that. Yeah, there can be a lot of, um, Mars is also the warrior. Mm-hmm. So there can be a lot of, um, yeah, stuff. stuff, tension, ignition, not the cleanest energies, you know, kind of coming up. And when Saturn, Saturn is also that, like, he can be that old patriarchal energy, mm-hmm. right? Like every energy has its shadow and its, um, you know, kind of mm-hmm. higher expression. And so, yeah, just being aware of that too, knowing for yourself what may be coming up and collectively that that's kind of a, a harder kind of period, a harder aspect. We're just going to watch the time around April 4th and see what happens with this Saturn Mars aspect. Yeah. They could be on the same team. Totally. We never know. We only can read the weather. We don't actually know (laughs) what's going to happen. I can tell you it's snowing when I see the snow happening outside and that is it. Give us till May and then we'll be like, so about the Saturn Mars conjunction. <laughs> yeah, right. And that's also the last day that Venus is in Aquarius. So that's also an interesting piece of Venus is still in that last degree of Aquarius, which is pretty um, interesting as well. Because the next day on April 5th, Venus moves into Pisces, which she's much happier in Pisces. Venus is exalted in Pisces. She's like, oh, thank you. Like I get to take a bath and expand and just bring more of that abundance because, you know, she's, she's leaving dad's house. She's, (laughs) she's going into the ocean of Pisces. So that day also as Venus enters Pisces, Mars squares the North node. And so we get more Mars energy, you know, Mars, who was just next to Saturn will square the north node and yeah that's there as well of bringing some challenges to you know where we want to go um definitely bringing some pieces up but you know it can also cause us to be like what am i doing like what is going on and there can be a little bit of you know that confusion because it's really pushing us out of our comfort zone the north node is always pushing us out of our comfort zone And so I feel like with Mars there, it's definitely pushing us out of our comfort zone. And although Venus in Pisces is, she's exalted there, it also can feel after like leaving the, you know, constrictive home of Saturn, it can feel like boundless and almost overwhelming of like, oh, wait, what am I doing here? Like, where am I? So yeah, that is there. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it feels also worth mentioning that if Mars is going to be squaring the North Node the day after Mars conjunct Saturn, that Mars-Saturn conjunction is happening in, not exact, but it's happening square the North Node, Um, square where we want to go and where we want to head and how we want to bring this in and build to, to bring that Saturn word in, how do we want to ignite? There's our Mars and building a new, new boots on the ground world. How do we want to invite in 
even new structures and new holding and new routine for our own bodies. Taurus is the earth and our body is the earth. They're the same thing. There, there is no separation between our body and the earth. And to, to be able to use this time to ignite, it's a square. So bringing in that, how do we use the two points to stand up and overcome the opportunity to meet the opportunity fully? It, it, it's, it's a beautiful time to relook at what are you doing for your routines? What are your nighttime routines? What are your morning routines? How are you caring for yourself? Because it also feels like setting up some of those really human edges and really holding ourselves on an earth Taurus level is going to help this Venus moving into Pisces and the boundlessness of that feel a little more comfortable for our little human selves who, you know, we like to know what the edges are. Yeah. Yeah. And I just pulled up a chart because, you know, uh, that's what I felt like doing. And perfect. There's all of these aspects that are happening at 22 degrees. So we have Mars mm-hmm. and Saturn at 22 degrees. The North Node and South Node are at 22 degrees. Jupiter is at 22 degrees, which is approaching. He's only a degree away from Neptune. So we're really in that energy of the Jupiter-Neptune conjunction. And we have all of this energy of 22. Also, the moon will be moving over the North Node at that time. So this, as we're talking about, I have pulled up here um, April 4th. We have um, that Mars and Saturn are exact at 22 degrees. We have the moon on the North Node at 22 degrees, which means the South Node is at 22 degrees in Scorpio and Jupiter. So just all of this energy, this time, this like beginning of April time, I see why it was like, pull up a chart <laughs> because there's a lot of 22 energy and we're in, in the year 2022 two in this two energy um, which is, a, is about unity. It's mm-hmm. about, right. This idea of unity. And it may feel like we're in a time when we are not at all close to unity, but we're moving towards it. And that's why all this stuff is happening. And so I just find it fascinating. I was like, pull up a chart. Mm-hmm. And it's all of these 22 degree aspects, um, happening the beginning of April. Yeah, I was speaking to a colleague because um, I am not a numerologist. But one of the things she brought up about the num- 22 as a number is that 22 is about leaning in and trusting what she called the angels, like leaning in and trusting that there are things that are so much bigger than us holding this all. And, and I know in, in speaking to people, we look at what is going on in the Ukraine and it's really easy to get caught in this 3d level. And I'm not saying it's not horrific and I'm not saying it doesn't need to stop and all of those things. And the invitation continues to be like, let's find that angelic, that really high point of view and, and look at the good that has come from this, um, Germany has stepped out of decades of, of guilt and remorse and, and taken a stand and stepped back onto the world stage. Switzerland has removed its ass from its 500 year rut on a fence and taken a stand. 
We've got Scandinavian countries that are, are considering and looking at joining NATO. There, there's unity being formed as a result of, of this push-pull, really messy, icky human conflict bullshit um, that this like 22, like we are so held. And when we can both like be in the, like, this is awful and this really high spot that the angels are consistently inviting us up to, like, we have got you. We have got you so hard. And so often we don't even know how held we are which is that like just taking the next piece, like this is the next piece. I don't need the whole syllabus. I don't need to know how this is going to turn out. 22 is a number of faith of, of knowing how held we are. So I love that, you know, way to look that up. Yep. Just happened that way. And yeah. And so, you know, and maybe you know more about numerology, like take a look at 22. It's a master number, all of these things that there's something really potent there. Right. And again, I, again, same, I don't know numerology very well, but I do know when I looked at that chart, I was like, oh, there's something going on here. <laughs> there's something happening here. So, and again, we're in that energy of that Jupiter Neptune conjunction, which I think speaks to that piece of like, we are so held beyond what we can see. And there's a big trust energy in that Pisces, which is where that is happening, is all about trust and surrender. And that's trusting that we are held beyond what we can see and moving through the pieces, right? In our little human bodies that we can, knowing at the same time that we are held. Um, so yeah. And, and all of these aspects that are happening at 22, um, are going to activate anything that is at 22 degrees in your chart. So just keep that in mind that while all of this stuff is happening on a collective level, cause they're transits, it's also affecting your natal chart. Yeah. So get a natal chart, contact us for like information, leave us questions, comments, dedications, requests, um, plug in and, and get curious about what's going on and what your part in it is. How do you hold you? How do you meet you better? How are you getting in your own way? How are you refusing to look at the piece of homework that Chiron has given you? Because you want the whole damn syllabus. Because he's not going to give it to you. So get over it. <laughs> I'm getting increasingly less sweet as we go, aren't I? <laughs> No, and yeah, and that's true of like taking a look at your chart because almost mm. all, if you have anything around 22 degrees, yep. particularly around the fixed signs for sure, um, but also because of that Jupiter-Neptune piece, the mutable signs as well. Um, and most likely because it's happening in Aquarius, Pisces, Taurus, and Scorpio, it's going to aspect you in some way. Yeah. Um, but it, especially if you have anything at around 22 degrees of Aquarius, um, Pisces, Taurus, or Scorpio, like hold on tight. Cause <laughs> strap in buttercup. There's a lot just particularly aspecting for you, but for all of us, we're going to feel this cause it's pretty big. Yeah. Um, so then, so the few days leading up to this Jupiter Neptune conjunction, we have on April 10th, Mercury squaring Pluto in Capricorn. So Mercury is in Aquarius. 
Pluto is in Capricorn. And I feel like there's this kind of reminder almost to like coming back to around this time, Pluto was really big. Pluto has been really loud since December um, with the Venus retrograde. And then this full moon we have, there's been different times when he's been highlighted. It's really big in this full moon that we have on um, March 18th. So when we fast forward to March 10th, it's almost like this reminder and this energy of Pluto coming back again. But this time Mercury is in Aries and he's squaring. And so there's this ignition from Aries um, but this message, this message of Pluto, who really is about our evolution, so that this is happening as we're getting closer to the Jupiter-Neptune conjunction feels like a really important piece. It's like this, this depth, Pluto brings a depth um, and kind of this permission to accept all the pieces, like whatever is coming up, whatever is going on, um, that this fullness is actually needed, like the fullness of you is needed for what you want to create. Um, and so that happens at just those last degrees of Capricorn and Aries right before Mercury moves into Taurus later that day. So again, we're talking about April 10th, Mercury will leave Aries and enter Taurus. So that's where he'll be for the Jupiter Neptune conjunction, um, which knowing that Uranus is in Taurus, the North node is in Taurus. He's bringing kind of this like embodied message for the um, Jupiter-Neptune conjunction, which is coming. And that happens later on the day on the 10th? Mercury enters Taurus. Yeah. Yes. So it, he's going to square off with Pluto and then that same day be like, thanks for the information. Peace out. I got to go like bring this in so we can ground it. Yes, exactly. Yep. And then the next day, April 11th, we have Saturn squaring the North Node. Um, so again, I think it'll be helpful to know where, what Aquarius is, what house it is for you and know what Saturn is doing, what Saturn has been doing for these past couple of years um, as he squares the North Node that day. Because I think that'll just bring more information to the um, big conjunction we have the next day. And again, <laughs> to that big conjunction that we've all been looking forward to. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And remembering like Mercury will be in Taurus now. So we have this like embodiment piece. That's really important mm -hmm. because I think Jupiter and this grounded piece, because Jupiter and Neptune in Pisces can be a little, um, it also can be ungrounded and like we can get a little stuck in the like floatiness of Pisces. Mm -hmm. So I think having that Taurus energy and actually having Saturn as like, you know, we, we give Saturn a bad rap, but he's actually helps us bring things into reality. So the fact that he's there is like very important, I feel. Otherwise, mm -hmm. we might just get lost in the dreaminess. Um, and then we have April 12th, the Jupiter-Neptune conjunction, that really expansive energy, expan expansion of our consciousness is what I, I kind of, you know, keep coming back to. And knowing that it's a very beautiful energy. Like there's just so much possibility wrapped up in it. Mm -hmm. And it also can feel um, overwhelming and it can feel like, you know, we may be going through all different kinds of emotions around that time. So, you know, holding that, holding that space, knowing that that's a really big energy that gets to also unfold. We don't have to have it all figured out that day. <laughs> it gets to unfold through the rest of the year. So so yeah, I love me some Saturn. And part of the reason I love me some Saturn 
is, is because of the structure and, and the building aspect. What do you want to create? Cause it is lovely and amazing to have all of these dreams and Saturn Saturn will hold whatever we want to create. He will bring it in and build it. And the, the possibility feels like an amazing word to go with the Jupiter, Ju- the Jupiter, the Jupiter. Yeah. <laughs> this made a new name for it. The Jupiter conjunction. The Jupiter conjunction. Uh, oh, so the Jupiter conjunction <laughs> that is happening. Yes, is possibilities and, and asking us to dream and having Saturn consistently being like, and how do we make this real? How do we make it real? How do we, and it, it's just the first step. We're back to Chiron with the first assignment. Like, what is the first step? You don't need to know how you're going to get there. That's our little human self projecting into the future. And anxiety is future living, trying to be like pulled into right now. And, and that doesn't serve. Like, all you need to know is, is where's my next right step? And the next right step may be to just wait and dream. To just, to just feel into the possibilities. And, you know, I feel, well, I feel, I know others feel, I know we have been watching life, capital life, consistently give us opportunity after opportunity after opportunity to raise our consciousness and move into the mystical truth, capital T, that we are all so connected that we're all so plugged into each other. And there, there is this beautiful sacred geometry that connects us all and plugs into it all. You know, my, my son talks about the billions of threads that move from one of us into everything else that is, you know, that's, that's how he experiences it. Um, and it feels so important at this time to really, how do we embody those lessons? Like that North node in Taurus, how do we embody those lessons? And keeping in mind that if there is a square with the North node, there is a square with the fucking South node. What do we need to let go of release bye-bye jettison that is in the way of us embracing that I am just like you and you are just like me and we're just like the tree and the rock and the bird and the stuff and the dirt soil for our master gardeners and the crew Um, that that we're so interconnected and to start to, how do we build that reality, build, build and ground in the reality of it. And what do we need to release? let go of so that we can really bring that in and feel it in our bodies, feel the connection that we have. There is a reason that we hurt when other people are hurting. And that reason is so important. It, it is because if you're paying any attention at all, you can't help but hurt when somebody else is hurting even if you don't necessarily know them. And when we bury that under fear and anger and aggression, 
where do we have to go from there? Okay, I think I'm done. Okay, I think I ran that one out. <laughs> <laughs> and just, I mean, the piece that I, just coming back to this Jupiter-Neptune conjunction is this idea of expansion and like raising our consciousness. Mm -hmm. And the image I keep getting is like a video game, right? Like each level gets a little harder and a little more challenging, right? Like as we evolve, as we expand, it gets a little more challenging, but it also is full with way more cool stuff, yeah. right? And like, I'm not a huge video game, but I know like game player, but I know this, like having a brother who played video games, like I know each level gets cooler and more interesting and there's more stuff and all the things. And I feel like that's kind of this message of like expanding our consciousness of like, yeah, it gets harder and you can be like, oh my God, another level another level. Well, guess what? There's always going to be another level, like in the game of life, like there is always another level. And when you can look at it as like, that's actually exciting because, oh my gosh, what's at this next level? What cool new stuff do I get to play with and experiment with? And so I think that's an important kind of piece to keep in mind because it can feel really, as we're going through this evolution and as we're expanding, it can feel like, oh, my God, like it just keeps getting more challenging. And in some ways, yes, but also we're growing and that means we get more amazing things that we get to experience along the way. So mm -hmm. I think just a reminder too, as we're moving in this energy of expansion, again, like I said, Jupiter is a beautiful energy. He's abundance. He's, um, you know, one of those like auspicious energies, but it can feel, um, sometimes a bit of a challenge to us, to our little, to our little selves. Our souls are like having a grand old time. They're just like, <laughs> yes, we've been waiting for this. <laughs> but to our little, you know, our little human selves, it's like, oh my gosh, things are changing so fast. And so that video game analogy just helps me bring some um, mm -hmm. levity in as I'm like, okay, yeah, but we're just getting to that next level. And it's even more amazing than the previous level. Yeah. There's more coins and more stars and more opportunity, more yeah. things that jing and light up. Uh -huh. All that. All that. Yep. So a few days later, we get Mars entering Pisces. So April 14th, Mars enters Pisces. Mars isn't particularly comfortable in Pisces, <laughs> but... That's okay, because I feel like, you know, we all need a break sometime. <laughs> <laughs> He's just gone, you know, gone up against Saturn. He has like had a very, you know, warrior filled time. He needs to enter into the baths of Pisces too. So we get Mars entering Pisces, which is a very radically different energy. Um, it can, again, it can actually cause some like angst though, like collectively, because it's like Mars is just like, yeah, I can't. I can't just like do my normal warrior thing. I like, there's nothing for him to push against. Yeah. And, and the boundlessness has to be connected to everyone else. And Mars is very much about himself. Mars is like, I want to do my thing and just go off and do this warrior thing. And like, I don't really want to have to care or worry about other people, but in Pisces, he's connected. I mean, we always are, but just in this, you know, analogy, he's connected more so to this collective energy. And so that can be really uncomfortable for Mars. And so knowing that that can bring up some angst and some um, pieces there, but Mars enters Pisces, which, you know, kind of feels like a, a break, but with Mars, you never know because <laughs> he, 
he's just his own little, his own little sparky energy. And when Mars is connected to the whole, I think it is harder for him. Like I said, he doesn't have anything to push against because of the boundlessness of, of Pisces. And, and when you're connected to everything, you, you recognize, well, why am I pushing? Like there's a difference between taking action that really clean Mars and, and moving towards what you desire. And when you're connected to everything, it diffuses that aggressive warrior piece and invites the warrior into a state of active rest which we don't see a lot of. We're not really good at that part. We're not good at the active rest. And keeping in mind that rest is is doing something. It's not that you're not doing. It's that we're so plugged into what am I producing? What can you see that I'm doing? What is the the three-dimensional results? that when we can shift the mindset to, well, rest is doing something of of vital importance that can help this Mars and Pisces time feel a little more comfortable. Yeah, and particularly like paying attention to your emotions and paying attention to like, you know, on a personal level, your internal space because Mars, it's not, acting and doing and producing aren't going to, you know, really bring the messages that Mars is trying to bring during this time. It's really about, and it's, it's generally super uncomfortable because again, Mars doesn't really <laughs> like this, but it's really about being in tune with yourself, your emotions and letting it, and it doesn't have to be perfect. We can be messy. We get to be messy, right? That it's just a matter of being aware and allowing that to move through. So I think that's another piece too of Mars and Pisces is you know, it's a little bit more connected to our emotions and our intuition and, and that trust piece and trusting our emotions. Cause Mars is at the essence, um, you know, it's our desire. It's this passion that we have and it has to really be connected to ourselves and also to this kind of idea of the whole, this collective energy um, in order to manifest. So it's a very interesting energy. And I think it's, it can be a little uncomfortable Um, but it definitely brings the necessary pieces. And I think also feeling into, um, you know, the Jupiter Neptune conjunction that is really happening around this time, Mars enters Pisces right around that time. I think it just brings an ignition, um, also to that. So I think that's part of it. And it's in the energy of just before a full moon. So we have a full moon on April 16th in Libra. It's, right before the upcoming so the the next new moon we have will be an eclipse after this full moon so it's you know as we're getting closer to the eclipse energy also with this full moon um and so it's in libra it's aspecting pluto Pallas athena and juno so i right away get relationships like <laughs> lighting up <laughs> ding, ding, ding. <laughs> ding 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 because Libra is a sign of relationships, Juno, and it's in a trine to Juno. Juno is the goddess of marriage and union. And so there definitely is this energy of like 
illumination in our relationships, seeing things, seeing the things we need to see. And then with Pluto there, it's squaring Pluto. So it may not be super comfortable and it may be, you know, pushing at us a bit to see things that maybe we didn't really want to see, maybe things we've been sweeping under the rug, but Pluto is there to kind of bring that, right? Kind of like bringing the depths up. And then it's opposing Pallas, which is interesting too. So we get Pallas Athena bringing some wisdom. She brings this um, feminine wisdom, this wisdom that's a little more connected to our intuition. It's not the logical monkey mind, but it's wisdom from a feminine place, from an intuitive place. And so, yeah, having that as a full moon right before, you know, the eclipse, just, yeah, you can kind of feel into those themes and feel into how the external mirrors the things that we need to see about ourselves before we dive into the eclipse portal at the end of April. So I think just really having eyes and ears open around that full moon. Um, and it's just coming off of the Jupiter Neptune conjunction. So I think it has the potential to be very illuminator illuminatory. I don't even know, but you know what I mean? That's a word now. Illuminating. illuminating. <laughs> I'm going to say we go with illuminatory <laughs> right up there with, uh, what was it? Jupiter. Jupiter. <laughs> Jupiter. Jupiter. Yeah. But it has this ability to illuminate things in our life and bring some, like, I, I have a feeling it can bring some really beautiful things into our life because it's in that wave of the Jupiter-Neptune conjunction of what is possible in this really auspicious energy. Um, it has the potential to bring some beautiful things into our lives. If we are open and right ready to receive that, um, but also knowing that it can bring up those challenge points and those things that, you know, the relationships that we have in our lives, like, how are these serving? What are the things we need to see about ourselves? Because then we'll dive into at the end of the month an eclipse um, where things get really fun. Yay, eclipse season. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, I don't think I could, I don't, I don't think I have anything to add to all, all that magic that just happened there other than my little side comments. <laughs> so I'm good. Yeah. And the last piece just about eclipses, which we'll definitely get more into in our next podcast, because that will be, um, you know, in Taurus season, but knowing that we have the North and the South node in Taurus and Scorpio. So that's where our eclipses will be happening on the Taurus Scorpio access, which is exciting as well, but eclipses can really bring things into our lives, clear things out of our lives, shift a lot, churn all the things that we need to see in our lives. So just as a little, you know, star that, that that's coming and we'll dive more into that in our next podcast. Um, and then on April 18th, so just at the very end of Aries season, we get a couple aspects on that day. So April 18th, we get Mercury conjunct Uranus, which is really big. We get Venus in, in an aspect to Uranus as well. And then we get the sun square Pluto. So a lot happening at that day, like Mercury, um, Aries season goes out with a bang because Mercury conjunct Uranus just brings this message of like, like sometimes like totally unexpected things can happen, <laughs> totally unexpected things can show up in our lives, but the messages, the mindsets, even the just radically new way of seeing things, thinking about things, pushing our edges. 
can all come up with Mercury and, and Uranus. And then we also get Venus aspecting Uranus. Now she's in Pisces. So she's kind of bringing in a little bit of her magic around money, relationships, relationship to our body. And so that's in there. And then the sun squaring Pluto is just a very uh, deep and uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, challenging, it can be a little challenging to, to like have a spotlight on things that we really need to see. Like it just has this big potent energy that day. And I think to end Aries season in that way, like kind of going back to that transformational fire, the sun is in its last degrees of Aries and it's in a square to Pluto that it's really bringing this fire of transformation, um, which can feel really challenging to us, but like knowing that it's for the best, knowing that we're moving into Taurus season, we're moving into eclipse season. Like we gotta, you know, we gotta move the things out of the way, um, the thoughts, the, you know, beliefs, relationships, all of those pieces. Um, so that's a big energy. There's a lot going on there. We have Mercury and Uranus, Venus and Uranus and the sun and Pluto. So a lot going on. Yeah. I'm seeing like the, the, this fiery Aries sun burning away the stuff that is layering over what this eclipse portal with the help of our friend Pluto can help excavate and and move through yeah yeah and i feel like just touching into that jupiter neptune conjunction and this upcoming eclipse season in the taurus um scorpio access that there is the potential for really big things to shift mm -hmm. in our lives to come into our lives like things that we can't even possibly imagine and yeah. so holding that space holding that all the space, good all the good and knowing that in order for that to happen, we have to, like, it always is you, in order to have the new, you have to let go of something. Mm -hmm. So there, there is that potential, but just knowing that we're in this really, really potent cauldron of just like these amazing magical things coming into our lives, um, that it's worth it, that it's worth going through all the stuff that we're going through. Um, because April and May, are just really big months of big, big change. Like big change can happen in our lives. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Where, where are there energetic cords that are keeping you from stepping fully into this dreaming, you know, stepping fully into all of the possibilities of Jupiter and Neptune. They are two separate things coming together in this conjunction. Um, because Scorpio is really that South node in Scorpio is really inviting us to let go and shed. Um, because when we hold on to things from the past in any way, shape, manner, or form, I am, I am a purger. My family knows that I get rid of stuff and throw stuff out and go through clothes, you know, a couple times a year, I will go through the whole house on a tear and just be like, and it's gone. Um, because the physical things we keep have energy, energy cords that tie us to, to things that it may be time to let go of. And we're really in until the nodal access shifts like next summer, 
(laughs) We are in like the shedding and the releasing. So we can step toward the really grounded, embodied life that we want to create for ourselves. And the more shedding, the more releasing, the more cord cutting, the more bye-bye you are not serving me, we can, we can do between now and the nodal shift, the more we are going to be set up to consistently be moving into the life we actually want to create. Yeah. Yeah. And like, you know, how do you want this chapter in your life to read? You know, Mm -hmm. looking back, like we get to choose. So yeah, this chapter in our lives, you know, the, the opportunities are endless and it's just a matter of what we really want for ourselves. Mm -hmm. So yeah, that is how we end Aries season. It is a lot of big stuff. Um, Yeah. I love the Nupiter conjunction that Amy (laughs) has now coined. (laughs) So keep an eye out for that. Put that on your calendars, April 12th. Um, yeah, I love it. <laughs> and, you know, it's a good thing we had this little break in February. I'm sorry, March. We had this little break in Pisces season and now we're like moving into it. Moving forward, yeah. Moving yeah oh, forward. And the last, the last piece, if you have any questions or you have any um, ideas or things you want to hear about, email us. Uh, rooted cosmic wisdom at gmail.com and we would love to hear because I have a feeling um there's been some requests for um a space where we can answer some questions so mm, totally yeah. send your questions or you know anything that you really want to um maybe some a topic you want us to cover send it in and we would love to hear from you oh yeah if we got questions we'll totally do a Q&A we'd love that yeah <laughs> you never fun. know what's going to happen here <laughs> I love it. All right. Happy Astrological New Year. We'll see you next time. Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoyed. And if you did, please share us with your friends. You can also head over to our YouTube channel where you can leave us some comments. Let us know what you thought. We would love to hear from you.